Well, good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, thank you for celebrating Good Friday here at Embassy as we come to gather and celebrate the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight's sermon is called Healing for the Elect Exiles. We're going to be focusing our attention on 1 Peter 2, 24, and 25. Also, I'm David Maroos. I'm a member here at Embassy, if you don't know me. And I am in the pastoral cohort with Phil. And I'll be interning here this summer, so you'll see my face this summer at least. <laughs> Thank you for this privilege. Thank you for being here tonight. So would you turn with me to 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2, verses 24 through 25. That will be found on page 954 of your Black Pew Bibles. Read along with me. Verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. By his wounds, you have been healed. Jesus heals us by his wounds. It's a very interesting statement. It's very backwards. Tonight, that's going to be our focus. What does this mean? But before we dive in, let's begin in prayer. Our Father in heaven, open our eyes to your word. Renew us in your spirit this resurrection weekend. Stir in our hearts to grow affections and desires for you, Jesus. Make much of you, God, and less of me. Thank you, Jesus, for healing us from sin and death forevermore. So I have great news. <laughs> I figured it out. I figured out how everyone in this room, you and me, can all be healed. All it took, one search on Google. First thing to pop up, the very first article. And it clearly explained how we get and keep our healing. So I figured, you know, that'd probably be good tonight if we're not talking about healing. Maybe to read a little bit of that article. So here I go. The article goes like this. It says, you don't ever have to deal with sickness or disease again. No matter what your situation, you can learn how to get and keep your healing once and for all. Your days of sickness and disease are over. No matter how long you've been struggling, no matter how serious your sin or situation, healing belongs to you. Healing's your covenant right. If you want it, it's yours for the taking. It's not up for the debate. As far as the word of God's concerned, this is your, the promise to you. And if you don't have it, it's because Christians haven't truly believed. They haven't let the truth of the word reach down into their souls and become truth to them. It has to be God's will to heal you because he laid our sicknesses and diseases on Jesus, just as he did our sin. 
God made his word plain. And he always keeps his word. This article was published by Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Kenneth Copeland, well-known prosperity, health, and wealth gospel preacher. Yet the question I have for you tonight, is he wrong? Do you agree or do you disagree with him? Is what he's saying here false? Might surprise you. I actually agree. I agree with Kenneth Copeland that the Bible does promise healing. It says it in our passage tonight. By his wounds you are healed. That's a promise of healing. And our passage tonight refers to Isaiah 53, which is also found in Matthew 8, being used in there. And it says, shows that Jesus heals sicknesses and diseases. So the Bible is clearly talking about this. Isn't this what this passage is talking about as well? I can imagine you're probably having the thought, if that's true, why on earth have I not been healed of my diseases? I have autoimmune disease. I'm still, I'm still suffering. I still get sick every other month with a cold. It's so frustrating. My friend still has cancer. Why is that? Why are people still dying? Well, I believe our passage does have a lot to say on this and does speak to this. So, I think the first thing we should do to start and think about what this means and what our healing is, is to diagnose our problem. First, we're going to start with the symptoms. I'm not a doctor, but I think the Bible does a good job of looking into our souls and seeing what our sickness really is and our need really is. So tonight, I'm going to show you what our symptoms are, I'm going to diagnose a problem, and I'm going to propose the remedy to our sickness. So in this portion of the letter, Peter, in verse 13, is encouraging and telling servants to follow in step of Christ, who is their shepherd and overseer of their souls, the same God who suffered on their behalf. But the problem is, the symptoms are that we stray from God. That is the symptoms. We sin. We stray from God. We go our own way. We're stubborn and demand to go our own way. Just as was read earlier in the service, Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. We stray because we listen to the voices of the world and we chase after fleeting pleasures of sin. As human beings, we suffer from the longest-running human emergency there ever has been and there ever will be. It's sin. This terrible symptom of sin breaks and distorts our relationships with God and with others. Chapter 2, 1, Peter evidently explains this. He says, put away all evil behavior, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, all slander. The symptoms of sin affect our entire being. Our bodies through sickness and relationships. It affects our relationships. It affects the world. We see this through natural disasters. All these things are related in the cause of evil sin within our world. 
the disease of sin causes a devastating reality in our lives. And this reality is the diagnosis. And that diagnosis is death. Sin causes death. Peter clearly addresses in our passage that Jesus bore our sin in his body so that we might die to sin. The mistake we often believe is that we were ever truly alive before Jesus Christ. Any life we had been, has been is being sucked away or has been sucked away by the plague of sin. We suffer from the symptoms of sin and the result is death. It's clearly stated in Ephesians 2, 1, you were dead in your sin and in your trespasses. Dead, or dead, sin kills us. There's no life in you if sin remains. So, symptoms, sin, is going astray, that causes death. So what's the remedy? The solution. The remedy to our death is Jesus' wounds. His wounds. Christ offers us a very odd method of healing. Our healing only happens when our Savior bears our diseases in his body on the tree. The crucifixion cross. The remedy is God himself becoming man, perfectly living life without sin, dying innocently on a tree in our place because we could not pay the price of this remedy. He is a doctor who pays for the treatment so that the sick might receive healing. He's the one who Paul states, he for he, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might die to sin. It says here, so that we might become right, the righteousness of God. The cost of this remedy was beyond anything we could pay ourselves. The cost for our healing was that Jesus had to bear our sins by being wounded on our behalf. The remedy was purchased by Jesus as it was prophesied in Isaiah 53.5. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, you are healed. His wounds. The reality is, is that it was Jesus back whipped body beaten, not ours. It was the nails hammered into his hands and feet, not ours. It was a crown of thorns placed on his head and not ours. It was a spear lodged into his side, not ours. It was his blood spilled, not ours. It was the wrath of God the Father poured out completely on him, not you or me. 
the perfect, innocent Lamb of God, the very Son of God, was wounded and died on a tree because we couldn't heal ourselves. This disease of death couldn't be removed until Jesus' ultimate costly mission was fulfilled to permanently remove sin and conquer it. The Son of God had to die. The shepherd had to die for his sheep. Christ died on that tree so we can walk as he walked. By the power of the cross, we are healed because Jesus, the Son of God, who bore our diseases, put death to death. His death made a way so that we could die to sin and live to righteousness. Note the grammar here. It says you have been healed. It's not a feeling. It's a fact. The reality is that our physician of our soul healed us. And we often view it up, view when we come to Christ as a giving up of our lives. Rather, the reality is that Christ giving up his perfect life so that we might be giving true life. It's not that you were ever alive, it's that you were a walking dead. God, through the power of the Spirit, gives us new life. And the person who believes and trusts in Jesus as their Lord and Savior is immediately healed and delivered from death and the cost of sin. By the death, by dying the death of our sickness, Jesus heals us. And we will one day also be healed. What the Copeland article said earlier was true. Those are all promises for those who are healed of their sin. But in the life to come. In glory. Just as Jesus was healed from his wounds in the resurrection, so are we when God glorifies our body in the end. So one day in the new heavens and the new earth, we will be completely healed and delivered from sin. We'll be raised a new life with Jesus in total righteousness with the Father His wounds, by his wounds you are healed. In short, you could put it this way, his wounds have healed us, are healing us, and will completely heal us forever. That is the promise. So I agreed with Copeland earlier. But how we get our healing is where I part ways with Copeland. He gives us six steps in his article, and I'll read them briefly. Number one, stand on the word of God. It's a promise. Healing always comes. Two, talk back to your symptoms. Tell your body you're not sick in Jesus' name. Three, don't doubt or you're not going to be healed. Four, don't think about your illness. Tell your sickness, go away, and you'll be healed. Stay away from doubt and worry, and your sickness will stay away. You'll keep your, your, or your healing. You'll keep it. Each of these verses also has, or each of these steps has a verse ripped out of its context and placed here and saying, this is why it's true. Unlike Copeland, I think Peter gives us a really good answer and a really good step, but it's a singular step. Just one. 
The only way we can be healed and keep it is found only by trusting in the power of Jesus' wounds. So the one step to healing, my proposal is that, trust in the power of his wounds. Jesus was wounded, died, and raised to life to save us from our sins. He was put on a cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Copeland doesn't even mention anything about the cross. Reality is, following Jesus is going to include full emotional, physical, and spiritual healing. But this is only going to be found in God, through God, by the death of Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, working within us to heal us from the inside out. Following him will look like trusting in Jesus, following in his steps, just as he commands earlier in chapter 2. Jesus shows us that glory comes only after suffering. The life following Jesus doesn't promise no pain, no sickness, no diseases. In fact, you may never be healed from any of your sicknesses in this world today. But the Christian life does promise future hope, future glory. To be with Jesus perfectly forever, healed from all our sicknesses and diseases in eternity. And friends, if you're here tonight and you've never been healed from the sickness of sin and you're living in death, you're walking an unhealed life, Please don't leave here tonight without believing the good news of Jesus Christ. He paid for your treatment. He gave you the remedy to your death by dying for you. Because his love for you, Jesus, came born of a virgin, living a perfect life, and was wounded for you, died for you. Believe this. Confess your sins. Confess your need for a Savior to heal you. He's faithful and just. He's going to forgive you. You come to him. And he will give you new life through the blood of Jesus. By his wounds, you're healed. Now follow the one step offered, not the six. Trust in the power of his wounds. The remedy of our sin by his wounds, you are healed. Pray with me. Our gracious, heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus, your Son, to die for our sins, being wounded for us. Lord, help us to live in this reality. Would it change everything we do? Would we be reminded that a little bit of suffering here will never compare to eternal glory with you? Lord, we love you and we praise you for Jesus. Amen.